The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary and Mr. Matt Morgan. Tonight, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw for July 24th, 2017. Matt, how's it going, man? Doing great. How are you? Doing well, man. Raj, how you doing? Good, man. Um, tired now, but good. <laughs> Something about three hours of TV with commercials. Just really takes it out of you. What'd Especially you th- when it's three hours of boring TV with commercials. Yeah, I mean, boom. we're on the road to SummerSlam. You can see where some stuff's going, I think, tonight. Um, we'll talk about the episode from a high level, but let's just dive right in and go segment by segment. So we opened up with uh, Kurt Angle coming out, talking about who's, who's going to go up against uh, Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, interrupted by Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns. And as we predicted on this very podcast, fatal four-way for SummerSlam for the Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, and Roman Reigns. Um, Matt, what do you think of the segment? What do you think of that matchup for SummerSlam? I, I think it, it, it's intriguing. Usually I don't like it because it becomes a clusterfuck when you have too many big guys in the ring like that. You know, it ends up being four four pigs fucking a football is what it ends up looking like. But <laughs> but I digress because what's cool about it is we really have no clue who can come out of this with the world title. We know it won't be Roman because it's they saved for Mania is my guess. Um, but any three people, you know what I mean? It could be Brock, it could be Joe, it could be actually it's not gonna be Brock, I don't think. It's gonna be Joe or it's gonna be what's his name? Uh Braun. You know, yeah. and possibly even again, they could abandon their plans for Mania, and it could be what's his name, Roman again. Who knows? And that that that's kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, I could I could actually see them going with Roman, um, just because they've had Samoa Joe beat him, Braun Strowman beat him, so now they got all these guys lined up for him. Um, oh, yeah. and, and, and especially if the plan is to go, if they want to go with Roman and Cena for Mania, then you'd probably want to get the title on him sooner. Um, so I, I can see them going with Roman, but I agree with you, Matt, that uh, this is a lot more interesting than just a one-on-one with Brock and Roman. So, so yeah, I, I think this was the way to go. I like this segment. I thought this first segment was, uh, was you know, had a lot of energy. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just downhill kind of after this. <clears throat> Big time. Huge. Steve off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> It's evolved into a fight, which turned into a brawl with the locker room coming out. Uh, Gold Dust, Kurt Hawkins, first ones out of the locker room trying to break things up. Um, Thanks for telling everybody who came out to make a save. Nobody cares. To make a save. <laughs> I just think it looks weird. It, it's strange when it's strange when they're the first two out. You know, if you would have had Gals and Anderson, kind of the more plain clothes guys, it just to me it looks like backstage. Maybe they were. Yeah. Did you ever stop to think maybe they were in the shitter at the moment? It's possible. It's possible. Matt giving all sorts of new insight. Uh, if we have, if we titled these episodes uh, Four Pigs Effing a Football," I believe would be the title of this episode. <laughs> um, hell of an observation, Matt. Um, so yeah, first segment, hell of a way to kick off the show, and then no DQ match, Finn Balor versus Elias Samson. Oof. Actually, I like this. But by the way, this was something else I liked because I like the aggression in Finn. 
and I'll leave it at that. I hate Elias Simpson. I want him off my TV like yesterday. <laughs> but I like that Finn put the whipping on him with that chair, and I like the gear shifting of Finn Balor. He's getting more and more aggressive. So, when guys, when, when they're finally wake up and do something big with Finn, he's going to have every element of being a main event act down pat. Because part of that is being able to shift gears and be in fifth gear off at your opponent and not be the cute little you know fancy move demon guy that everybody likes including me that, that yeah. we're all fans of you know what i mean it, it, he needs to have that mean streak in him and he's got it now uh real quick with that opening segment did you notice roman taking a shot at the philly crowd again at battleground no <laughs> yeah so on twitter he he made a crack about how the the crowd in Philly was dead for battleground, and then he did that He's tonight. Right. And then he did that tonight again. He was talking about how when he was in Philly, uh, winning the Royal Rumble, the crowd was on fire. So, kind of taking shots at the SmackDown crowds, which I, I thought that was I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, that is. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I've totally <laughs> forgot about Balor and, and Samson already. But didn't we call this last week that they might have Samson win with the uh, Bray Wyatt interference? Yeah, I think I remember us saying it, but um, yeah, a couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah, and then they did that, but um, yeah, this was a good match. I, yeah, I think it's easily the best match I've seen Samson in, and mm-hmm. you know, it was all Finn, but you know, it it, it was good stuff. Um, I don't know how much I'm looking forward to the Bray Wyatt promos going into SummerSlam, but you know, seeing the Demon again would be cool, so I'm all for that. Yeah. Finn versus Bray, just keep Samson out of the SummerSlam match. That's all I ask. Please, please. Him and his damn stupid wristband things, too. I hate those. <laughs> it's stupid. Where does, where does Elias drift to next, though? What feud do they put him in? In the garbage can. Please, <laughs> get off my TV. Yeah, there's a show called Main Event, and it's just begging for some Elias Samson. Yeah, um, Nathan Jordan, maybe? Yeah, know. maybe. Or Paulo Cruz. We shall see. Um, yeah, I thought Bray's Wyatt was, uh, Bray uh, Wyatt's run inside was pretty good. Like that interference. Looking forward to him and Finn. Um, we had Enzo and Big Cass tonight mm-hmm. with Big Show coming out at the end. So the match, I think we all knew how that was going to go with Big Cass ragdolling Enzo. Matt, what did you think about Cass threatening to snap Enzo's neck <laughs> and laughed. murder him? <laughs> like I laughed. I laughed at that, and I laughed at Big Show to get continuing to come to the yeah, ring. He didn't <laughs> stop at all. <laughs> yeah, he, he, gave him, he gave him the old, hang on, you know, let's not act too hasty here. So, so that, that, that apparently is enough to get in his head to stop him from committing murder. Um, but uh, you, you want to know something? It, what, I, what stuck out to me is because I worked with Big Show and I remember being in the same exact predicament. Yeah. Um, I had to hit the ring and what Big Show will always make you do is he'll be on a knee from something else that he's selling, usually a chair shot or whatever. And you run across the ring with a running boot to his mush while he's on his knees. Mm. And I saw, you know, uh, uh, Kaz do that in his second move. Um, the first move, it, that big boot didn't come off square enough. Um, he should have been running with it somehow. And I don't know how I would have gotten into it, but he's not big enough to just stand there, put up the big boot. And, you know what I mean? And Big Show bump. It looked awkward. It didn't look right to me. And it didn't even hit Big Show's face. It hit him like here. Um which is, it is an easy big booting big show. He's humongous. Um, and the other things I noticed is he was very timid, uh, him being cast during yeah. the beatdown. And I remember being in the same exact predicament in his, his same shoes, being nervous, like not wanting to stiff him and not wanting to piss him off. So he goes behind, you know, closed curtain and buries me. 
you know? And you know what's funny? Hmm. I did take care of him, and it still happened. So <laughs> lesson learned from that moment of, for early Matt Morgan that, you know what, F everybody. I'm going to lay my shit in, and I'll apologize later for it. I'll just do it in a safe manner because here I took care of a guy, and he still bitched about it. Okay, big show complaint? You know? Did he? Yeah. And you know what sucked is I never knew this. I, I never like to my face. I thought he was like my like my friend. The guy was trying to help me, you know. And like I've been on, I went on his boss with him. Had a beer with him after one of our matches, and I was really excited because this is a dude I really legitimately. Him, Taker, and Kane were my three favorite big guys, along with Kevin Nash as well. Hmm. Growing up, and here I'm wrestling him, you know, and it was a big deal to me. And then I heard from all the like from some not all the agents, but a lot of the agents that Big Show like right after our match. In between me being invited to his, what do you call it, his Winnebago, whatever, to have a beer with him after our shit, by the way, to went up to Vince and told him that I was unsafe in the ring. And I had to have a meeting with Vince about being safer with him. Huh. And, you know, Vince was like, you know what? At the end of the day, he goes, he is seven foot, 500 pounds, and he could be a pussy sometimes. He swear to God he said that. <laughs> and he goes, but Matt, it's the other talents that I'm, 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 more, I'm more concerned about, you know? So you got to just make sure you're cognizant of what you're doing. You're taking care of your opponent out there. And I'm thinking, what the fuck did I do to him? I didn't do shit to him that could hurt him. You know, except do the F5. That's it. Mm. You know, I couldn't think of anything I did. You know, my kicks were missing by a mile away because I was scared to, to, to lay shit in for that reason. And it still turned out that way anyway. So it was a good lesson in it for me that, you know what, as a big guy, you've got to lay your shit in and it's got to look good. Little guys can get away with those little midget kicks, those machine gun kicks when the guy's down and you're stomping, you're stomping on him really quick. Big guys should never do those. They should be they should be very aggressive, like one kick, uh, very aggressive second kick. You know what I mean? It can't be those machine gun style kicks because it takes away and diminishes our size. And um, I remember missing Big Show by a mile with them, and nobody said anything to me about that, which they should have. Hmm. They were more concerned about Big Show crying about me being, being unsafe with him. And again, I was a rookie, um, so I just, you know, shut up and did what I was told. And yes, sir, it won't happen again. And uh, what really sucked was later on, I um, worked them on house shows, and we'd always have to go into the sequence where I go to pick them up for the F5, but because we're on house shows and baby faces always go over, I'd have to spin him out onto his, put him on my shoulders, spin him and drop him behind me, and then turn around and eat his choke slam. One, two, three. And we were in Japan and he laid, he knew I had a fucked up back I had back spasms for the first time. And he laid right across my shoulders, like, like not, not, not distributing his weight evenly, not trying to help me at all. Like trying to get me to fail, like trying to get me to drop him. Huh. It would sound stupid because you think, why would he want to take that chance to get hurt? Right. You right. Know? I never could understand it, but I know we got in the back. Um, I don't even know if anybody remembers this, but I remember JBL and undertaker ripped into him a little bit. Um, over that, that I believe, and some other stuff. But again, very valuable lesson learned for me. You know, as a big guy, you got to lay your shit in. And as it relates to big cast, he's got to lay his shit in. And that flying Wolanda elbow sucks. <laughs> yeah. This beat down went a little too long, but you know, this was another segment. I thought it was pretty good for what it was. You know, like killing Enzo, getting the heat on Cass. Um, I, so pretty much up until here, I thought the show was pretty good up until that point. Hey, Matt, let me ask you, do you think with the bigger guys, especially coming from Big Show's era, when a big guy just had to sort of go in there, you know, take a couple hits, be, oh, I'm unstoppable, do his shtick, 
right. win. Do you think it's that's why they lack some of the more grace and choreography and doing more elaborate sequences when they go against other big guys because you're not used to have, having to perform that sort of sequence as opposed to the typical big guy squash routine? Could be. Yeah. You know? Could be. It could be right. Yeah, I mean, well, it just seems like that. It seems like there's sort of a template, and the only time it ever changes is when he's against, you know, Brock or Braun or some or someone larger like yourself. Um, the other thing is he had nothing to be threatened by. You know what I mean? Yeah. Big Show's literally two of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I never understood it, quite honestly, especially with how much respect I gave him. Like, I gave him – you can't give somebody too much respect, obviously, but like, there's no such thing as too much respect. But – um it was a good lesson. It really was. I'm happy it happened to me at an early stage of my career because that shit never happened again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we came off that last night. So that feud continues. We'll probably see a big cast and big show at SummerSlam, maybe with Enzo. Doing something. Yeah, doing, doing, doing a little dance. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Introducing show, probably. Yeah. Oh, man. How the tides have turned. Jimmy Cricket. He's going to be like WWE Jimmy Cricket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there'll be bad backstage video packages with Angel Enzo and Devil Angel on Big uh, Devil Enzo on Big Show's shoulder, you know, <laughs> trying to convince him. That'd be yeah. kind of funny. That is pretty good. <laughs> they haven't done anything that cheesy in a while, but uh, mm. wouldn't it surprise me? Um, okay, so after that, we had that bit with uh, Emma backstage. That was interesting talking about uh, maybe she's gonna date Jason Jordan. I thought that was interesting to state as her intention to Kurt Angle. Um, but that set up Nia Jax versus so Emma. Kurt, Kurt Angle just cock blocked Jason Jordan right there. Just cock blocked oh, totally. the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude. Um, and they announced, of course, Jason Jordan will be making his in ring debut later in the night. Uh, everyone on Twitter guessed who that was gonna be against pretty much right off the bat. But Nia Jax versus Emma. This is what happens when you tweet that you're not happy with that you're being used. I mean, that was absurd. That was, I mean, it was just like... So Emma last week was uh, tweeted about, you know, how she hasn't been used on Raw, like was, you know, vented about not being used on the show. And so this week they just squashed her. That's a shame. She's a really good talent, too. Yeah. Like she's so good in the ring. I, I, I don't... Man. Good for her for speaking up. I always give a, a like, like you're taught not to bitch and moan, especially with that company when you're working there. But um, for someone to do that nowadays is incredibly brazen, you know what I mean, in my opinion. Yeah. But you see what happens whenever someone does that. Like JTG, I always remember Ryback killing him mm-hmm. after JTG complained about, he complained of royalties or something uh, on Twitter, and they just, they just had him get killed. How's his royalties doing now? <laughs> yeah. <right>. yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you were there, Matt, that was the start of social media. But what, I don't think you ever went on Friendster. We didn't have yeah. it. Thank God we didn't have it. I would have gotten myself in so much trouble. Oh, Can you imagine? Yeah. No, it's crazy. I got a big mouth. Well, it's just crazy that uh, it's so easy to just have that mouthpiece uh, that platformed the world, and you could just say the wrong thing in front of everyone really, really fast. Um, yeah, so the, yep. unfortunate for Emma, Nia won that match. Um, had that build up backstage with Akira Tozawa, which led to a segment with him in the ring, Neville coming out. Nice. Yeah, Arya Divari. Do we even have to talk about it? I- I'm trying to make sense of it because I'm just trying to remember it. It was just a weird cluster F. Uh, Everyone who's watching this saw the show, so we don't need to make sense of it. We need to say it was a drizzling shit or it was an A+. Plus. <laughs> and we loved it. So they're building up Divari, I guess, because they're out of people. So... 
this is good for Divari. good for Davari, but uh, this is Hell but yeah. they've all all these guys have been around forever. Uh, oh, this I just go ahead. Go ahead. This division's going nowhere. Okay, here's a great idea for Davari. Put him in the friggin' Hindi NWL that they're forming <laughs> with Great Kali and the Bollywood Boys. It's different, different part of the world, but. Vince doesn't know the difference. Vince probably doesn't know. McMahon doesn't know that. Yeah. I hope he doesn't for for Davari's sake so he can get paid. Vince will call up Aaliyah from NXT and toss her in as well and just be like, whatever. It all works. He don't know. Hell yeah. Dude, half of them won't know that. Yeah. True, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, But I was happy to see him, though. That that dude can work. Yeah, and and I like that he tries to work on his character, too. Like, he, you know, he was trying to do, like... Takes chances. Yeah, yeah. And he's not just going out there and trying to do a bunch of moves. He, he's actually trying to uh, mm-hmm. put put some effort into it. But it's cruiserweight, man. This cruiserweight division is just yep. it's just dead. I feel bad for yep. the guys. I, I You know, I still think NXT should absorb it and, and make it their own. Because Vince McMahon's hands being off it uh, could be the best what? thing for him. What do you, what do you think? Wait, what do you mean? So, so oh, maybe you weren't on the show, but I was saying that they should uh, that the cruiserweight division should just move to NXT. They do it at full sale. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have the stupid purple ropes, and that crowd would be way more receptive. They get rid of the goofy storylines, you know, because you don't have Vince McMahon, the writers, then uh, having to deal with it. Right. You don't have it on after right. SmackDown with the dead crowds, and uh, I think True. I think you could you could do something with it then. Yeah, yeah, but like, but. What's the biggest complaint a lot of fans have, especially smart marks, is the little guys never get a chance. The cruiserweights never get chances. You, nothing for nothing. I, okay, I granted, you can't say they're not getting chances. They're getting chances. You might not like the storylines or whatnot, but it's what you make of it. I mean, if you were to put on paper, put on paper, and I read the script, Kurt Angle wears a mini cowboy hat and has to say yippee Kaye. I would have said that would have been the death of the biggest badass next to Brock Lesnar in our locker room. Goodbye, Kurt Angle. Your career is done, is what I would have thought, reading that on paper. It's what you make of it. Yeah, but with this, they, they just rotate. Like, you're on TV one week, and then you're off for four. You know, you're on for two, off for four. It's just So then you knock it out of the – then why is what's-his-name constantly on it? Because he's doing something right. Who? Aries? I mean, uh, 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 Neville. No, Neville, yeah. out of the park. Yeah. He's doing exactly what I'm what, what I'm saying. He's taking some chicken crap and turning it into chicken salad. Now Neville's been week awesome after week after week. Yeah, now, Neville's been great, but yeah. that's it. Well, they're not on the Neville level, clearly. They're not on the Neville level. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, but seriously, I mean, everyone else looks like a kid next to Neville. Like, no, you can't you can't take any of those other cruiserweights seriously. I think. Drop the cruiserweights, bring Neville back onto the main roster. I mean, you got Finn Balor. They're probably about the same size, him and Neville. Not too far off. He's taller slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in a moment, we're going to talk about Bailey versus Sasha Banks and everything else that happened, including uh, what's going on with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. But first, I want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this episode, Dollar Shave Club. You know what occurred to me today? I've shaved maybe six times in the last 12 years five of those six, those six times have been with dollar shave Did you shave club. your lady parts uh not quite there but you know when i shave the beard off that's i'm sorry happens. glenn i'm sorry <laughs> thanks matt I'm sorry, I'll shut up. matt why don't you know you're a dollar shave club fan why don't you tell the audience about your intense grooming ritual that you do with that weighted blade you know 
we should interview my poor wife. She hates it. She hates that as that is her task to shave my back. It takes like 10 hours, as you can imagine. I'm seven feet tall with a movie screen for a back. But um, because I go through straight edges so quickly, that stuff is money. I've had it now for like, I want to say six, six years, five or six years straight. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always get my delivery from them. Um, and it, it's like smoke. Like I didn't even know that was one of the sponsors. I didn't know any of that. I legitimately use that. Um, because when you go to the store and you and you go and you shave, like you know your your, your body for bodybuilding or wrestling, wrestlers do the same. I'm telling you right now, you go through those venous. Like a lot of the guys would use women's razors because they're softer, and you don't get stubble, you don't get cuts and nicks and crap like that. I know that sounds so effeminate what I'm talking about, but it's the truth. And um, <laughs> my point is though, like those razors wear out pretty damn quickly. Yeah pretty they wear out quickly and so with this and then plus it costs like 12 bucks it costs like 12 bucks to get like a, a really good razor i'm not talking some little crap bick you know that that's worn out after one use i'm talking about like the venus ones and that's the general ones that most people would use yeah i'm telling you this right now um the dollar shave club ones are have more blades i believe they have five the ones that i have um and it's just as soft as what the venus would give you um, so you don't cut yourself open with it ever. You never nick yourself. I can actually have my wife dry shave my back, which is incredible in and of itself because you would need shaving cream, you would think, to do it. And that's how strong those blades are and how well and how long they last. Like, I have a whole pile of them that I haven't even gotten to yet. Yeah. Because my last ones are still working. No, it's fantastic. I'll tell you. So when I shave my face, and again, this has been the first time in six months that I've done it, no cuts, which I thought was fantastic. Used the Dr. Carver yeah. shave butter, which yeah. was incredibly smooth. I could see what I was doing. It was great. It's a clean, close shave. You guys know you've heard me talk about it. I use it to clean up my beard. And when I go just down to the skin, Dollar Shave Club is where it's at, man. So it's a great shave at a great price, convenient, conveniently delivered right to your door. No-brainer choice. No cheap disposable razors. They're going to cut you to hell. None of those gimmicky shaving tech razors that cost a fortune. You get the DA. DSC executive razor with the Dr. Carver shave butter, smooth blade, gentle shave, works fantastic. And for a limited time, new members can get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of Dr. Carver <laughs> shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only five bucks. And in your first month's box, you get that awesome weighted handle, full cassette of four cartridges, tube of the shave butter. And after your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at the regular price. No hidden fees, no commitments, cancel anytime you like. And you can only get this offer exclusively at Dollar Shave Club slash INC. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash INC. And, uh, you know, leave us a comment on the podcast or the YouTube video. Tell us what body parts you're shaving with Dollar Shave Club. Uh, no, so well, be- you can leave that part out. <laughs> <laughs> see if it could be Matt Morgan's uh, backstory, you know, because I think dry sh- having your wife dry shave your back, that's the yeah. best use. Well, really quick, one other thing. Get the heavy handle. Yeah. Definitely get the bigger handle, you guys that are that are, that are watching the show and thinking about getting it. This stuff, you guys, anybody, any fan watching this, you know anything that I'm behind is something I actually use. I won't talk any good about anything if I'm not using it. In fact, I'll crap on it. Um, I ain't get paid to say any of this. It's stuff. This stuff really works at the end of the day. So I definitely suggest you get that, and definitely the the shave, the, um, the 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 Dr. Carver stuff as well. I still have the same one. You know what I mean? From like, I want to say three months ago. Yeah. Because I like to dry shave better than not. But again, it's stuff that works. You don't cut yourself. You don't nick yourself. And it's, you're not going to get a better price out there. Yeah. Dollarshaveclub.com slash INC. I converted. Uh, I'm using it. Yeah. So Bailey versus Shaw. Wait, real quick before you get to Bailey. uh, That backstage interview with Jason Jordan. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That so that was cringeworthy. It, it was like Why? so awkward. Like he was talking about a long lost lover. Yes, that's what it felt like. It was like some high school crush. It was that's what it felt like. Like either he's turning heel and they're trying to get <laughs> the fans to turn on him, or they don't get their audience with what they're writing right now. Because the the crowd was booing by the end. Uh, it just came across as yeah, awkward. Right. When Jason Jordan came out, it was silence in you know in the arena. So uh, he he's not a baby face. If they they push him as a baby face, it's not going to work. Yeah, with no, I, I, you know they're thinking how they did it with Kurt. You know they are, but yeah. Kurt wasn't doing. You know, I, I don't want to. You know, I, I know it's twenty seventeen and, and stuff, but I don't even know how to phrase this without sounding like non-PC, but if I'm being very honest, watching that promo, it felt like a guy talking about a gay crush. That's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about another man and being in love with this other man. That is exactly how that promo felt to me backstage. It was very like, what? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it was very, very weird. Like, I think they gave him something to shoot for and he because of how he delivered it or whatnot, went into a completely different direction. There's no way they could have written it for him that way with those mannerisms and whatnot. Yeah, they probably it said act. Because, they probably said something like "act over the moon" or something, and then he just went in a right. whole different, different area. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Just, yeah. I just felt bad for the guy. I, you know this. Me too. Uh, I don't know. They're gonna have matching tiny cowboy. I love watching hats. him wrestle. No, I think I think you could do. I mean, again, yeah, I right. think there's stuff you could do here. Now, if WWE, if Vince is convinced that Jason Jordan's babyface, and that's the way to go, I don't think it's gonna work. I think the fans already. Right. No one buys that he's really his son to begin with. So if you're not making it entertaining, <laughs> you know, if you don't if you don't make it entertaining, uh, then the audience is just gonna shit all over it. They already kind of are. So. Make it fun, you know, make turn him heel, make Kurt Angle a heel, make it, you know, we were saying this last week, make it so Kurt Angle is constantly favoring Jason Jordan, you know, subtly <laughs> pushing others to the back and, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of over the top and, and just really, uh, you know, make Jason Jordan out to be a, just a conniving heel. And at the end, it turns out he wasn't really a son. You just use Kurt Angle to get to. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. It was his master plan. He comes across as even a bigger asshole. So I think that'd be awesome. He's got a lot of acting chops to improve on before they get to oh, that part yeah. of the storyline. Yeah, for sure. That was the great thing about American Alpha was that Gable just had such enthusiasm and Jordan could just be the straight man that would sit there and look like, you know, just say the one liner yep. that would make it hilarious. It yeah. made that it made Jason so valuable. Yeah. It did. It, from NXT, for his, he's one of the best hot tags there is in wrestling right now. And tonight, he's, he had little flashes of it in his comeback. Um, that finisher was nasty. Oh, my God. That was right out of the – he went in, I think it was a, a release suplex into a neck breaker. Like, Jesus Christmas. That ain't yeah, easy oh, to pull yeah, off, yeah. guys. That is a hard move to pull off. I couldn't do that. I'd snap somebody's neck. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Talk about uh, more about that match in a moment, but first, Bailey versus Sasha Banks tonight. So we, Ugh. yeah. So what's going on, uh, Matt? I want to get three way. Three, you think three? Three way. We're being, we're being, we're being, we're being bamboozled. There's no <laughs> way they're dumb enough to take away from the chemistry that is Sasha Banks versus um, old girl, the champ, the champion. I forget her name. Sorry, Alexa. Alexa Bliss. No way. They're not that dumb. No way. 
Yeah. I don't know. Three I way. don't know. Yeah. Three way. I mean, yeah, the storyline's there. I mean, Sasha beat her at the last pay per view. It should be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, no one, no one cares about Alexa and Bailey. We've seen it. It sucked, and uh, they it did it hurt Bailey's career. Maybe they feel like they realize that they hurt Bailey a lot, and they have a lot to gain uh, from her character, and they're rebuilding her and have her beat Alexa at SummerSlam. But um, what? Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, what else? They're, I mean, are they going to have her just get you know beaten clean by Alexa again? No, Alexa. I think that's why it's a three-way. I think Sasha goes over. The reason why I think it might not be a three-way is because they're doing a four-way already in the main event. So That would make sense. Yeah. Have you heard any rumors, Rush? Anything solid? I see stuff online occasionally. But about, is bit, about any more movement between brands after SummerSlam, perhaps? Uh, no, I haven't heard any. I haven't even asked, but... Um, yeah. Next, yeah. Uh, I'll... I'm talking to someone tomorrow, so I'll, I'll see. Okay. That's um, the only thing I could think of. I mean, I saw one thing, and you never know who, what to believe who, on. Who? I, I there was something about Sasha. But <laughs> people show up on the internet and start claiming they have inside info, and some people believe, some people, some people don't. But uh, I saw something. There was something making the rounds about Sasha possibly being moved over SmackDown along with Gallows and Anderson if they did another superstar shakeup post-SummerSlam. Again, it could be total BS. In fact, I think uh, it's uh, what's their face, Raja, whose name I'm forgetting, is the source. Um, but someone that I know you're at least familiar with is spreading that rumor around online right now. But that's the thing about rumors. Sometimes they're not right, crappy. Not wrong. crappy. Wrestle Zone, right? Uh, not Wrestle Zone. No. Uh, they are crappy. They just post what we've already posted. Always. <laughs> oh, I, I remember that as a, when I was wrestling. <laughs> All the time, bro. I, I always well, noticed and that. That's, the thing. that's why I ask, Raj, because you know that with the rumors, I don't believe it until I see it on Wrestling Egg. Yeah. That's yeah. why I ask. That's where rumors are confirmed. No, I think you're talking about that site that's from India, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I yeah. read a lot of stuff. You yeah. know, read a lot of stuff on the internet when I should be doing my day job. <laughs> Running my own business. Instead, I'm like, what's going on with the Mattel figures that are coming out from Comic Con? I'm like tweeting shit at Toys R Us. Like, you guys botched the pre orders on this. That's what I'm doing. Like, should be running my <laughs> business during the day. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did another. I, I don't know. I, the shakeup thing has always been a once a year kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I would kind of think that they just leave it at that, but I could see them doing some call ups for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that's the thing. I think a three-way or four-way would be great. I think Sasha absolutely deserves to be in the uh, women's title picture because, yeah, it's with Bailey. Unless they got a killer angle this time, we know how this goes, and it's not great. Um, but Bailey won tonight. Bailey and Sasha. I mean, what did you think of the match itself tonight, Matt? match was good. Yeah. I mean, those two girls are freaking awesome. I just – I'm really big on Sasha. I haven't stopped being big on her despite – their lack of a push for her after she blew up at WrestleMania versus Charlotte that year, and they dropped the ball with her. Um, I, to me, she's just money. She just she's the she's the whole package to me. She yep. just is. I know she's a little diminutive, but I don't care. Her character is bigger than life when they let her be the boss. Yeah, and, and it just seems more uh, interesting. Like Sasha and Alexa Bliss seems more interesting than Bailey. They're both Alexa. badass bitches, man. You know what I mean? Badass boss bitches, as they would refer to themselves as. Or Sasha would refer to herself as. You know what I mean? And you get that. So she's not a squeaky clean baby face. Right. And that's the type that you want to see take it and kick Alexa's ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not a Jason Jordan type, which is what Bailey is. Right. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, I buy that. Um, after that, okay, so then we had Kurt Hawkins versus Jason Jordan. So, Matt, you mentioned the, the finishing sequence there. Man, Kurt Hawkins is in a very interesting position in the WWE R- right Real now. quick, a couple people are saying on Twitter that they think Sasha will cost Bailey at SummerSlam. And, uh, okay. And go into that'd, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. That, that could be different. Okay. Yeah, James Morris. That's, yeah, I like that theory. So. Yeah, Good I'm job, in- James Morris. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, Kurt Hawkins, Jason Jordan. Um, aside from that. I like his spot. I like what he's doing. Don't you guys? Yeah. I mean, he's getting on TV every week. That's true. And this is where I kind of disagree, though, with like the agents. And, and they'll always say, as long as you're on TV every week, you're over. You're getting over. <laughs> and I'm like, no. If I'm on TV be gang ra- being prison raped, <laughs> guess, what the, <laughs> guess what the message is we're conveying? That Matt Morgan is the world's biggest vagina. <laughs> On the planet. That's what we're conveying. I don't get over from that at all. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think if you're if you're on TV every week and just getting beat down and looking like nothing, it's it doesn't help you. It just it puts yeah. that perception in people's heads that that's where your level is. And it's yes. and when you've been at that level for a long time, it's hard to get out of it. Which sucks because he did some good stuff on the indies. You know what I mean? A lot of guys do. And they come back there and I don't know what happens. I think they give up after a while is what I think happens. They're yeah. going, huh? Well, looks like I'm back to right where I am again, receiving my paycheck. I'll work as hard as I could, but that, that'll be it. I won't go in Vince's office and try to suggest a new idea and whatnot. I'm not saying Kurt's like that, but I remember a lot of guys when I was there were like that. Yeah, Jinder, in all his interviews, he says he was like that. Like he just lost all of his motivation with, you know, with where he was pegged and just yeah. had no, uh, just had no desire and, you know, got released and then changed it up. Even where Brazongo was a year ago. I mean, both Fandango and Tyler Breeze were being used roughly like Kurt Hawkins is. So, And, and, and let's be very clear. They yeah. still would be if the yeah. fans weren't right. so supportive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the guys kill it every time. Yeah. But I could see Vince and them still crapping on it. But the problem is, eventually, you've got to give the fans what they want. Yeah. Um, so after that, this was an interesting pairing tonight. The Revival versus Gallows and Anderson. It was an awesome pairing. Oh my! Yeah. I was actually excited about this. This is a good match too. Yeah, it's great. It's really surprised. Tag team wrestling, dude. Watch this, you guys. Yeah. Really surprised they had the Hardys come out. During you were surprised? How come? Why? Why? Because I thought it was like you said. It was a great pairing. Put on a great match. It's like why? I don't want to say muck it up, but why not let mm-hmm. really develop something with these guys if they're going to go this route rather than change it i mean i don't know i'm not saying the rival is like ripe for a face turn but I... well the the hardys are feuding with the revival right now and, yeah um, and so you know with tag teams that means that they have to do something with each other every week so mm. this was but yeah have you noticed like matt's com- almost completely dropped the broken stuff like he was starting to bring it back i think he thought he was getting it back and now it's back to being gone um that sucks yeah, um, it looks like he's. Not, it looks like that's not happening anytime soon. Didn't Jeff Jarrett say in that interview that it's still not? Like, yeah, it's still I mean, I, or something. I asked him flat out, and I was like, "Hey, so <laughs> did the Hardys get the gimmick back?" And he said, "No." So you asked him that? Yeah. What a good reporter. That's how I do. That's how I do. <laughs> <laughs> so what did they do with uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, the champions that were backstage watching this match? I mean, are they going to get sort of pushed to the side on this? Or are they going to drop the titles? What do you think they do with him from here? 
Well, you got three heel tag teams, right? Oh, go ahead, Matt. I was fine with them not being any, doing nothing, um, because I, I'm way more interested right now in seeing the revival versus uh, Gallows and Anderson again. Honestly, you know, if you were to merge the Smack, the SmackDown and the Raw tag divisions, it would still be pretty weak. Yeah, very weak. <laughs> if you brought all the SmackDown tag teams to Raw, is that you're just adding three teams, and it's still we'd have two, <laughs> two and a half with Brizango. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? With yeah. How they book them. Yeah, so right now you got three heel tag teams with Gallus and Anderson, uh, the Revival, and and Sheamus and Cesaro. So I don't know if you turn one of them or you just do the heel versus heel. But who who does who does Cesaro and Sheamus face? Are they? I mean, I guess they could do a three way with them at SummerSlam. Um, There you go. But again, you're you're getting to be you're, you're having too many of those. You know, I could see that. I mean, why not make it the theme? And SummerSlam this year, everything is like a fatal four-way. <laughs> Get everybody yeah. on the card, you know? Uh, I don't know about that. Dixie Carter, Dixie Carter took over the company for a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long-ass show this year, regardless. Uh, Which I'm very appreciative of, by the way, Dixie Carter, if you're watching this, because that means we all got paid, so thank you. Yeah. I and it's true. She got you all on. I always appreciated it. Yeah. Um, okay, so backstage, Ms. Taraj getting riled up for the main event. Um, is uh, yeah, he was a lot of Hollywood stuff <laughs> talking about Rollins and Ambrose trying to reboot the Shield, and uh, that gave us the match of Rollins and Ambrose versus The Miz, Curtis Axel, and Bo Dallas. So, what did you think of the match? I mean, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas in the main event on Raw. It's been a while since that happened. Um, ha- happy for them for that. Yeah, has it happened? I mean, Curtis Axel when he became Curtis Axel versus when Hunter. he was with. Yeah, when he wrestled Hunter. And that was, what, four years ago? Yeah. Um, At least, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. They got to do something with what they're wearing in the ring, though. I know they're still feeling it out. Yeah. Take a bow, Mrs. Morgan. We're taking the dog out. Um, I was going <laughs> to say is, um, like, like, what's his name? Like, like, what, like, Curtis Axel, like, was wearing, like, black khaki or whatever you call those, dockers almost. Yeah. It was kind of weird. And then... Uh, you know, what's his name? Bo Dallas was wearing his rhino singlet gimmick, you know? Uh, I, I don't think he needs to wear that. He needs to wear right. something different. And they should wear something a little bit more similar. I don't I don't know. They could be different, but just they need to wear something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, they kind of established these guys as, as scrubs in that opening segment when they came out to get killed by Braun, you know? Like they were the... The scrubs that can't hold Braun back and and get destroyed, and then they had <laughs> you know they had Gallus and Anderson in there too, which you know I I didn't like, but uh, they you know they they kind of have them slated for a certain spot, and anyway, I, I just felt like this should have felt like a bigger deal, like they with Seth and Dean uh, teaming together for the first time, and especially yeah. when they said three years, it's like damn, that yeah. that is a long time. But once the match started, I just. As it was going, I found myself not caring at all. And by the end, I just wanted it over. It wasn't bad. It just, I I don't know what it was. Storyline, emotionally investing in them, the whole nine. I don't care about any of it. The only thing I slightly care about, and I'm a huge Rollins fan. How many times have you guys heard me say, him and KO were my favorite guys on, newer guys on Raw for the last two years, I've been saying, um, at the time. But, like, ah, they're missing the mark with with, uh, connecting with me. And the only thing I cared about was Miz being funny. Did he do anything in the ring that was funny? Did he get on the mic at all? Like that—that's the only thing I would look forward to at all. When I heard that there was 
that that would be the match and whatnot was what's Miz going to do and how's he going to look? Yeah. I just feel like if you're bringing the shield back, if you're doing a reunion, it, you should have some badass heels that they're against and not, and it's so no disrespect to Bo Dallas and, and Curtis. They haven't Axel. been established enough. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, haven't been established. Yeah. Like if you yeah. had formed the club or did something like that, then you got a cool like little, you know, f- faction war. But with this, it was just, right. it just, it was nothing. It was a cool ending. I mean, you know, they were getting along and all, all is well. Do you think this leads to, what do you think this leads mm. to? One of them turning heel, like Dean turning on those two. It, it has to be. Dean has got to turn. Something's got to give with him. We've been saying it forever. Something is not right. And I think they're going to give him the opportunity to turn heel. I really do. That's why. That's what I keep sensing. Because it seems like it, anytime you got one person who's very adamant about not trusting the other guy, that guy turns out to be the one that's, you know, turning yeah. heel. <laughs> yeah. It's like Lex Luger and Tatanka. But anyway, it's an old school <laughs> reference. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was waiting for it tonight. Like five people got that probably. <laughs> I thought to a horrible analogy. <laughs> horrible. There's so many better turns than that one. But <laughs> remember Tatanka was accusing Luger for months of like uh going with the million dollar man and then it turned out it was man. Tatanka that sold out. Yep, and he joined them. Yep, and Bam Bam Boutou, I believe, and a couple of some others. And Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> it was a weird stable. Which I never, I never understood that <laughs> Nikolai being in that. I didn't like that. Yeah, it watered it down. Yeah. Yep. I was surprised the turn didn't happen at the end tonight, but they're building it. It seems for a while more. And maybe at SummerSlam, maybe you do a yeah. tag match with them again. Maybe you do them against Sheamus and Cesaro. And then their turn happens there. And yeah. The champions were in the match that had happened. It gets them over by the, getting the rub, even though yeah. they're tag team champions, but they're getting a rub by two main event acts per se, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because they're, they're not doing on. anything right now. Maybe that is it. What about the Hardys? The Hardys like not wrestling anymore. I think it's the revival. Yeah. I think they're paired with the revival because they've done Sheamus and Cesaro versus the Hardys to death. So I would think the revival is still. Yeah, I mean they made it clear tonight that. That's exciting. So, yeah. Yes. Oh man. So Matt, what'd you think of Raw overall tonight? Um, didn't like it at all. I, um, as a fan, just hard to sit through and watch. You know, I could turn it on and off as far as being a wrestler's concerned and watching it from a wrestler's perspective. Um, I don't know how and why, but for years I've always been able to do it. It's, it makes being a wrestling fan fun. Especially when the network came out, you know what I mean? I watch all the old school stuff, but like a little, like everybody else does, like everybody watching this does, just like you guys, as far as watching it from a fan's perspective is concerned. And I'm sitting there tonight as a fan with my son in my arm, watching it laying in bed. And I'm telling you, I ended up just like, you know, tickling them and playing with them more than watching the show because it was boring as hell. It could not captivate my attention as much as I tried because I knew we had to talk about it afterwards, but it was, it was very difficult. It took forever to go by. Do you think um, because the pay-per-view last night sucked and we had all, you already watched over three hours of like bad wrestling that it made this show tougher to watch? No, because think about the times back in the day when it was a really hot pay-per-view. You couldn't wait to the next night of Raw what was going to happen, especially if there was a turn the yeah. night before or a championship switching hands. You couldn't wait to watch Raw the next night. You know what I mean? I couldn't. And then it'd come on and it'd be a great Raw. Yeah. But granted, two hours, 
Right. Yeah. But do you, but when it's not a great raw, when it's just average, do you think that it's worse because the show the night before was bad? You know what I mean? Like it, like tonight wouldn't have been as bad, but since last night sucked, it just kind of added to that. I don't I know. I don't know. I, I, I don't think about it that way. I don't think in that manner. I don't think, Yeah. you know, I, I didn't sit there and go, Oh, would this be good if the pay-per-view was good? Um, I don't know. Yeah, just because when I when I think of the show, it's like there wasn't anything really that bad in it. It just I did not care about anything, you know, anything after the first hour. So. There's a lot of stuff going on where we're not, except for the main event angle, where we're just not. They're not emo, They're not getting us to emotionally invest. Yeah, none exactly. of those storylines, except for the main. Yeah, and that's why it feels like it's watching paint dry. It takes forever to go by. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. It's the same thing every week for the most part. So because because we're we're also you know besides the podcast we're fans and we watch because we're hoping for that one segment to come on that we don't want to miss, and it just didn't come. You know how 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 happy it, are we when there is something hot when we when there is a hot episode of Raw? Great. You know we we it's love the best. it. Yeah, it's exciting. Makes being a fan the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always next week. <laughs> always next week. <laughs> And that's what I was just going to say. And as wrestling fans, we'll continue to tune in every week. I will. We're, we're, I, I'm always like We're that. in a weird codependent relationship with the whims of a 70-year-old man. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> very strange being a wrestling fan. Um, cool, guys. Uh, Raj, anything else to cover? Anything you know what? Uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, that whole UFC story. Um, yeah. Dave Meltzer was reporting over the weekend that the UFC wants Lesnar to fight TV, on their – on their year-end show uh, at the end of December against John Jones. I thought he just said the rumors were... Wait, say that one more time? <laughs> yeah, against John Jones. So, Brock so UFC wants to do that fight. Brock Lesnar has not put himself back in the pool uh, because when he did, he's under suspension, so he has to still fill that. And, you know, there's the, the period that you have to be under uh, USADA, in this USADA pool before you can fight. So it would be... Yeah, go ahead. They're not even the same weight. They're not even close. No, John Jones uh, has been wanting to fight at heavyweight. So hmm. Jones would move to heavyweight. I don't like that for Brock. No, I think he'd get destroyed. Yes, he uh, would. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it depends on what happens this Saturday, you know, with Jones and Jones and Cormier. Assume it, you know, it's assuming that True. Jones wins. But and yeah. He keeps his nose clean. Yeah, yeah. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah, every other fight of his uh, falls through for something stupid that he does. So uh, that would be huge. So, you know, Lesnar, but that's also like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania time. And if he's fighting a John Jones, uh, he could easily get hurt. And, uh, you know, they got a lot of. John Jones will carve his head open. Yeah. I mean, those elbows. And it, yes. uh it could mess up. It could mess up their plans. I, I know they did the last one with Mark Hunt, and that was before SummerSlam. So they took that risk, and it all worked out for the most part. I mean, he did get that Usada violation, but um, yeah. So we'll see. Man. Now Dana just got done saying how the rumors were not true that they've not talked to Brock about coming back. He just said that yesterday or the day before. Right. So he's denying it, but he's denied all sorts of stuff. So. I think that the thing is they want Ronda and Brock back by the end of the year. And, you know, if I was Dana, what I'd do for Ronda is I'd, I'd do uh, Gina Carano. 
It's an easy fight. It's two superstars. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden mm-hmm. now with Ronda losing two fights, it, it, there's a lot more intrigue. It's shoot two huge names. It would do huge, and Ronda would get that win. So um, I need it. I should book for them. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what would that take, Raj? They came to you and they were like, you know, the WWE or UFC, but they were like, but you have to divest yourself completely from Wrestling Inc. No, I couldn't do it. No way. Yeah. You're so full of it. Yes, Never. I, I swear I wouldn't do it. If you could be the head writer in WWE, but you cannot be fired for a 10-year span. <laughs> okay. If, if if I was getting paid over a million dollars a year, then. But the writers don't make it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that wrestling ink uh, fan? <laughs> Even them. I, you, actually, you know what? I take that back. No, it would have to be more than that. How much do you think the head writer at WWE makes? I like 150. Three. You think three? Oh, wow. I was going to say 300. I, could I, mean, I don't know that for sure. I have no idea. I, I don't know. I remember I reading the some of the producers. And Brian Gowertz was, was paid pretty decently, I remember. Yeah. But he was the Rocks guy, but, too. I, right. And they, exactly. They don't really have that anymore. Right. They don't have the head cheese as a writer anymore. Yeah. It's like a team of a bunch of people I don't even know. Right. So it's, it's not a, it's, you know, you heard about uh, like a lot of these agents and, and they make like a hundred or something like that or, or less. So it's. Wow. Yeah. It's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be. What do you think bro made when he was, a, when he was a head writer? <laughs> he'll probably, he'd probably tell us if we asked him. Yeah. Yeah. He'd, he'd lie. <laughs> he would lie. What he would do. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure he, he got paid well in WCW. Yeah. Um, Oof, I bet. Yeah. I'm forgetting. I'm forget. I think he said it before what he made with WWF. I'm sure he has. Yeah. I know he was saying it with TNA. He was making like two grand a month. Damn. Yeah. It's hmm. a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, because it wasn't really a creative team. It was like him, Matt, Matt, and a couple others that never really lasted. It was just always him and Matt Conway. Right. That's a lot of work. Screw that. Two Gs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's uh, but that's about it. Cool, guys. Uh, Matt, anything you want to plug before we take it home here? Um, such an easy joke right there, but I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it die. <laughs> yeah, that's um, for you, buddy. <laughs> no, nothing to plug. I got an August nineteenth classic and men's physique show. Two different divisions I'm competing in. In case you guys haven't heard, Flex Magazine labeled me the world's largest men's physique competitor. Nice. So there you go. Nice. And there you are in their magazine. Um, having fun doing that. I'm passionate about it. Uh, maybe because I'm old and I don't want to become fat. and Maybe that's why I'm into it so much. I don't know. I just know I'm really addicted to it. Um, and I'm digging it. So August 19th, big, big show for me. Follow me on my Instagram story. You can see what I do every day as far as prepping for it from eating and dieting to my cardio and all that other crap and how I work an actual nine to five um, a capital medical device equipment job are around all of that, you know? So uh, it's interesting. At least I think it is. So give me a follow on Instagram at BP Matt Morgan, BP Raj stands for blueprint. Um, <laughs> and I'm not on Twitter as much, although I'm doing, uh, I'm trying to do better and post a little bit of what I post on Instagram on there now. Um, but uh, I'm more on Instagram. You can find me there. 
Cool, man, Raj. Uh, what should people look for on the site in the coming days? That Sean Mooney interview is really going up this week. Uh, we got. Uh, <laughs> what about the Matt Morgan to NXT rumors? The Matt Morgan to NXT rumors. We'll be getting that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kidding, guys. <laughs> but uh, and then uh, I got an interview. I got an interview with Buff Bagwell. <laughs> Buff is. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Did you did you check out last Monday's podcast? Raj will not let us make a joke about you. Because I said you were with Kurt Angle and his family to be there at that big moment. That's how you're going to be on the podcast. And Raj's like, no, guys, he's not. He's in Toronto. <laughs> the big DP reveal. <laughs> you know how you know how one person just couldn't go on Next, you're right. some chat and was like, oh, man, Matt Morgan's there. It was just said on the podcast. No. Uh, you got to keep it. We are joking. <laughs> but, yeah, Buff Bagwell got the You do. I don't. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. I got to straighten it out. But Buff is the stuff, so I got some stuff with him. He was uh, really cool, so uh, check that out this week. Did you ask him about his show, Buff uh, Gigolos or whatever it was called? Uh, no, we we I, I didn't get to it. Didn't have it. We did that one on Showtime where he was like a hooker. <laughs> oh wait, he was work. on that. Yeah, yeah. That was, didn't have yes. like Richard Grieco or something on it. Is that the one I'm I, thinking of? I never watched it, but. I only know Richard Grieco. I, I go on Wikipedia occasionally. I'm like, what the hell was Richard Grieco doing on a show on Showtime? Um, <coughs> so you went on Wikipedia for for Richard Grieco, not Buff Bagwell. Yeah, I, I was in it. Or yeah. or hang on, don't yeah. let don't live don't leave that carrot out there for me. Um, <laughs> or he went online looking up male escort services. It's true. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a big Twenty One Jump Street fan. Which occasionally leads to the question, what the hell is Richard Grieco up to these days? You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, they were both Buff Bagwell and Richard Grieco were both on Jiggle. Oh, glad. So there you go. I think that's the first time I've heard that name in probably like 10 years. Never? Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. If Looks Could Kill is an underrated 90s comedy, I'm just going to say, where he's yeah, the teenage, right. like, mistaken identity for the spy on his trip to Europe, that movie is all right. No. Um, yeah, so Buff Wag, Buff Bagwell, Richard Grieco, Gigolo, Showtime. Uh, wow, it was apparently on for like five, six seasons. Damn. Huh. It's still going? Wait, it's still on the air? Season six was just last year. Crazy. Showtime, right. man. HBO stealing your thunder. You got to step it up. Um, Wednesday, we have a guest on the podcast. Uh, tentatively, Court Bauer. Uh, so, yeah, he should be on. Uh, MLW One Shot's coming up. So, we'll be talking about that. His time with WWE, uh, his empire with MLW Radio now. So, yeah, we'll get to all that. I think we lost Matt, but we should wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. So, until next time, everyone, I'm Glenn Rubenstein on behalf of myself, Mr. Matt Morgan, and Mr. Raj Geary. We'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.